0: Hello, hello, International Women Connected. Anna here with our next hot topic on our podcast. Today, you will be listening to something really, really interesting. And I can guarantee you that the minute we finish the episode, you will be wanting to find out more. I had the absolute pleasure to introduce Dr. Laurie Bisbee. Um, yes. And I hope, Laurie, hello, I hope I pronounced the name right. You did. Amazing. <laughs> I've got a gold point here. So, Laurie, I can't actually wait to um, start diving into the topic and ask you many questions because prior to the podcast, we also had a great discussion, and I'm sure that our ladies will massively benefit from that. But before we go into that, I would love, uh, I would love to pass you the mic. Uh, and let you introduce yourself, who you are, and and what
1: is it that you do? So I am a psychologist and a sex and intimacy coach, a writer and a speaker. Um, And what I do primarily is work with people to help them create and maintain intimate relationships that have fantastic sex as a part of them. Amazing. Uh, Yeah.
0: And like we've discussed, it's something that it's really, really important. So prior to you being a psychologist and being a, a sex and intimacy coach, what is your background? What did it actually let you to do what you do today?
1: Right, so I mean, my, um, I mean, my, my first career is psychology, um, but what got me, and, and I've been doing this 32 years, that gives people some idea. Um, but what got me involved in deciding to do sex and intimacy, and also uh, my other area of specialty is trauma, is that um, I knew pretty young that my desires were different from the desires of the people around me. And it was quite difficult to feel comfortable with myself sexually, because I wasn't seeing what I wanted reflected around me. Um, and so I learned fairly young to kind of hide in plain sight, as it were. Um, and, and that was problematic. Um, and so my early relationships were very unsatisfying.
0: Was it because you weren't open to talk about the intimacy side of the things? Or, or was it because you kind of putting, putting stops to yourself where you wouldn't just be the right people?
1: Um, I I think both you know I was um, I I was um, embarrassed about what I liked I liked people who were very dominant and mm-hmm. I didn't know how to ask for that um, I also gender wasn't an issue for me so my attractions aren't about what, what what gender a person is they have everything to do with the energy that they present with. Um, And I like power, that's what turns me on. So I didn't really have a framework to explain this. And back then it wasn't something that people talked about readily. And so it wasn't easy to find a framework to explain it. So I was picking um, people and not feeling comfortable talking about what I really wanted. Um, And then um, when I was 19, I made a very bad choice and ended up um, experiencing some quite severe sexual violence. And so then I had to deal with sorting out that. So my desires in in going into um, working with people were around helping people to resolve trauma so that they could get back into life and helping them to be able to get rid of shame and um, honor whatever their desires were so they could live authentically, which when you're able to live authentically, you have much better sexual. And romantic relationships
0: romantic yeah absolutely because I would agree with that w- with that um with you on that that um you know the, the more you're the more you're open about your sexual desires and what you actually um like the more stronger your romantic relationship is as well with the person and that obviously led you to to help your experience led you to to be doing what you're doing today and help. Yeah and to be open about it and and talk about quite still an uncomfortable topic, I would say, right?
1: Absolutely. I mean, so for me, my mission or one of them is to take sex and conversations about sex from shadow to light because people still don't talk about sex. Um, And, you know, I use the example that if you are um, heterosexual, the chances are you don't, you will not have a conversation about sex with a partner before having sex with them. Mm -hmm. If you think about it is really strange, right? Yes. Because how do you know what each other likes and how do you know um, if there are any trigger spots to avoid? And if you don't have the conversation, but we're conditioned growing up still that this isn't something you talk about And um, even people who are more likely to talk about it later, for some reason, will still kind of fall into bed with a person early on, thinking that because they're very attracted to each other, it'll make sex good
0: right that was actually my next question which you've answered quite well is why is it sometimes people well, not sometimes quite often people are uncomfortable talking about sex what is it so we we, you know we want all of those great relationships we want intimacy we want romance but actually we put stops on when when it comes for us to talk about something really important which is sex
1: well, because first of all, people are often ashamed of their desires. And I'm not talking about necessarily people who have unusual desires, right? Even people who have what would be ordinary desires can be ashamed of them. Like lots of women, for example, have been taught that um, desiring lots of sex is, makes you a slut, right? Yeah. And so they don't want to tell somebody that they want to have sex Three times a day, right? Yeah. At the beginning of a relationship, because they're afraid the person will look at them and decide, oh, you're the kind of person I have sex with, not the kind of person I marry. Because they're still holding on to these, what I consider to be bizarre rules that many of us were taught. So they won't talk about it. If your desires are not what you would consider to be ordinary, or if you don't believe other people share those desires, then it can be really difficult to talk to a partner, particularly once you're attached to that person, because if they reject your desires, then that could mean the end of a relationship. Right. And
0: uh, do you work primarily with men or women, or you work with mixed genders?
1: Uh, mixed genders. I work with all genders.
0: Right. So. It will be very interesting to to find out what is it that you find out easier, and um, which gender it's op- it's opening up easier. Is it the male or the female?
1: Um, you know what? It really depends on the situation. It's really interesting. Sometimes women find it easier to talk. Sometimes um, men find it easier to to talk. Right it's really variable. And some of it has to do with culture. Some of it has to do with age. Some of it has to do with what kind of problem they're bringing. So for example, um, there are certain problems that um, men find harder to talk about, like um, problems with erections men find harder to talk about. They're more embarrassed talking about that.
0: Yeah, so it's not really about the gender, it's about, like you said, about the situation that they're in and about about their upbringing as well, I would say more, because... What I've noticed, um, I'm originally from Bulgaria and I've lived now um, in the UK for over 15 years. So I've met different cultures. I've also traveled a lot, met different cultures, different people. And I've noticed that there are cultures out there where they're much more open to those types of things. They talk much more freely about sex, about intimacy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so just for our listeners as well, if if we're to talk about the connection between sex and intimacy
1: what would it be well sex is a kind of intimacy but uh, intimacy right. is the larger to me the umbrella term sex yes. is a kind of intimacy that involves very specific types of physical interaction
0: mhm um that's you, that's you, a great that's actually a great way of putting it because i think um, a lot of people divide that and they would tend to put the intimacy under the romantic side of the things, which is not necessarily connected to sex itself.
1: Well, and so the thing is, is the reason that I do it that way is because even if you're having sex and you're not planning on having a long-term relationship with someone, so even if it's a more casual contact, you're still being very physically intimate with someone. There's no way to get away from the fact that that's intimate, Right. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think I think people learn more when they start learning about the different all the different shades of intimacy that we have. Um, they make different choices once they really make that connection. So I'm not saying that casual sex is bad or wrong. Right. What I'm saying is that one needs to recognize that that's still a form of intimacy.
0: Mm-hmm. And what's your thoughts here when you said about the casual, um, casual um, sex as well? What is your thoughts about one night stand? Would you classify that as a um, kind of a one night stand intimacy as well? Um, is it based on a very, um, you know, very sudden attraction? Because I'm sure that there will be women here saying, oh, I don't do one night stand because I only want to have a serious relationship. So some people might find it wrong when it comes to a one-night stand. So what's your stance on that?
1: So, I mean, I think it's different for different people. Um, One-night stand can be something that um, is uh, fairly utilitarian, right? It's to meet a sexual need as um, it's still intimate because you're still having that level of physical contact but it's to meet a particular need. Sometimes a one night stand is because you've met somebody, the connection is there and and your lives don't allow for anything else, right? Um, Some women um, and and some men are not comfortable with sharing themselves physically with someone and sharing that energy with someone because you're always sharing your energy along with it um, unless there's going to be an ongoing relationship. And so what I would say to people is it's important to know yourself and understand what is right for you there is no right or wrong in this it's what's right for you
0: Hmm. I love the fact how you put it and I love I love that you said there is not right or wrong because I think we as humans we are um I wouldn't say program but we're used to classifying label things you know saying this is right and this is wrong and i think the fact that sometimes we're not feeling comfortable talking on a certain topics it's because of those labels that we're putting um alone on certain things Um, what would you say to one of you know one of the listeners who who's listening uh, for example at the moment um, and is struggling to be more open to their partners in regards to sex and uh, h- How can they approach that subject?
1: So sometimes if you're really struggling um, Trying to approach it verbally might feel like it's too much um, So I will advise people to write about it um, You can do that in a number of ways you can write a factual letter or email to your partner saying, look, I'm interested in this and, um, I'd like us to talk about it. Or you can write, um, an erotic piece for your partner. Yeah. It actually describes what you want to do. Or if you're afraid to use your own words, you can find some erotica that depicts what you might want to do and, um, say, Hey, right. Um, I thought this was interesting. What do you think? Yeah. And guide it almost. Right. And yeah,
0: yeah. sometimes, like you said, sometimes it could be pretty straightforward. Sometimes it could be up to us to guide our partners as well. Mm-hmm. Laurie, that's been very, very insightful. So how do you actually work with your, with your clients? What, what, uh, what type of, uh, what type of delivery
1: do you do? So I, um, I have a variety of ways of working. One is um, one-to-one um, mm-hmm. and I work, or one-to-couple, or one-to-truple, you know, because yeah. I do work with polyamorous people as well. Um, then I have a group program. And then I also have um, a membership group that is um, a static group in that uh, the in, the participants don't talk with each other. It's a group in which I share a video or a live stream on a topic every month. And I collect your questions in advance on that topic so that I can address the individuals in the group's questions. Um, And then you have access to that and a workbook to go with it. Um, And so that's just a nice way to get information if you're not yet ready to to talk to someone directly. Um, I have two podcasts and one is um, The A to Z of Sex, And that one is on voiceamerica.com, hence why I'm pronouncing it with Z, even though I've lived in the UK for 30 years. Um, And that's a live show that's on every Thursday. It's um, 7 p.m. British time. And um, I've just started, and it's Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee's Erotic Library. And it's a podcast of erotica where I read my own. Um, I read other people's, and I have authors on to read their erotica. So that's another way of kind of exploring. Um, I have some courses that are online as well. So there's a load of different ways that people can get in touch and decide um, what level that they want to work at.
0: And what would be best uh, best for them? Um, I'm sure there will be a lot of a lot of questions um, out of that podcast um, and interview with you. So, what would be the best uh, way of people connecting with you? Um, What type of social media, or what would be the best email? Um, I know we'll upload all the links for people to get in touch with you as well. But what would be the best way for you?
1: So, the easiest way for me um, i am I am very regularly on all of my social media. If you want a quick answer hitting instagram um, or Twitter, it, you get the quickest answer. Facebook sometimes takes me a bit longer um, and um, I mean instagram and and I'm sorry Instagram and Twitter are both at dr. Bisbe, so it 's quite easy um, If you want um, a more detailed answer, emailing me works i i, I mean i check email a number of times a day. And unless I'm traveling, you'll get a response usually within six hours.
0: Amazing. We'll definitely make sure we upload all those links as well to your social media and emails on the podcast. Laurie, thank you so much for being our guest today. It's been really, really insightful uh, and really interesting. Ladies. I hope you've absolutely enjoyed it. If you'd like to get in touch with Laurie as well, um, we will be absolutely uploading the links. You can get in touch with her via Twitter, Instagram, email, and you can also find her on the International Women Connected platform. Thank you, Laurie, so much. My pleasure.